Turn your camera on. There we go. All right, Beseda, we're good to go. All right, good morning, Rabosai. Uh, so today is uh, is the art site of Rabbi Avraham Meir Levi and Avraham Meir Ben Chaim Halevi. And a lot of you, a lot of you, do not know who Rabbi Avraham Meir Levi was. And uh, I wanted to spend a couple of minutes just in the beginning of the shmuz, um, some different with Karl, uh, remembering and um, my own personal memories of him. So uh, simply for, for those of you who are who are relatively new in the yeshiva, meaning in the past couple of years, uh, Mary Levy was, was in Bir Hasatara for, uh, um, I don't know how long, but uh, a long time. And he was Nifter about f- four years ago, I believe, in 2017. It's been four years now. And uh, he was, uh, I remember when I came as a Bacher to the yeshiva, so for Shabbos and for Shabbos meals, we used to go to different people's houses. And uh, I was Zoha to eat many times, uh, many a Shabbos meal by uh, um, Avram Meir's uh, house. You know, with his rabbits and his kids were small then. He lived under Chov Chabad. You know where Rabbi Drelech lives in that uh, that area over there. So he lived in that Chatzar, under Chov Chabad, um, in the bottom area over there. And... Uh, I remember eating Shabbos meals by them, and uh, I even remember what I, I think uh, the Rebbetzin made this uh, this delicious chicken with. Uh, and I asked her the recipe, and the secret ingredient was Coke. She put Coke in the <laughs> in the recipe. It was very yummy, and uh, I remember eating by them many times. And and I like to discuss just a little bit my my feeling. You know, during the Shabbos meal and generally my interactions with Rabbi Levi. Um, so uh, during those Shabbos meals, there was uh, there was always one, or many things that that uh, that I remember about it. But one thing that stands out is his total concern for for his orchim, for his guests. He wanted to make sure he wanted to make sure that he was doing the mitzvah of orchim in uh, the most Mahadrin way. You want to make sure that you were having a good time. You were happy that you had whatever you needed. Did you want any more of anything else? Do you like to sing Zmiros? you like to sing Zmiros? Let's sing some Zmiros. You don't like to? Let's not. His concern was, uh, I want to make sure that my guests are comfortable and having a good time. And uh, anyone who, uh, who remembers Rabbi Levi, who was in the yeshiva, who was around with him, knows that that, that midah of his, his concern for the people around him, that they're being matzliach, that they're, they're connected to the Baruch and the Torah, that was something that permeated his entire being and who he was. I'm trying to think about, you know, if I if I had to pin down what, you know, what, what would be the paradigm of Avamir Levi Nidos, if you had to say in a couple of different words, I was thinking of the word encouraging, number one. You know, in the base Medrash, anyone who watched Avramir Levi operate in the base Medrash, he was like uh, he was like a ninja. <laughs> he was like behind, the, sometimes behind the scenes, sometimes in your face, but he was always making sure that you're okay. You're okay. You have what you need. You're learning things. Are, are you okay? That was his concern. Are you doing okay? In his sincerity. That was the other one. He was sincere about it. It wasn't a game. It wasn't a joke. He was actually... 
concerned and it made it a priority of his life to make sure that that people were um, connecting to Kadosh Baruch Hu and had everything that they needed in order to do that. Um, it's uh, I don't think it's any coincidence. Definitely isn't a coincidence that uh, that Rabbi Levi's Yerzeit falls out on Tubishvat. Rabbi today is Tubishvat, and Tubishvat is a bit of a funny day because if you look, if you try and find, which I did, everybody does around Tubishvat. You try and find some Tubishvat Torah, and if you look around, there's not much there. That's <laughs> you know, uh, okay. Nowadays, nowadays, everyone publishes a book on everything. There's probably 15 different books on Tubishvat with thousands of pages on who knows what. But, uh, but in terms of primary sources, there's very little. Uh, there's a Mishnah on Mesechus Rosh Hashanah in the very beginning, right? That everybody knows that there are four Rosh Hashanahs, and one of them is Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah for Ilanos, for trees. That's right. Trees have a Rosh Hashanah, and that's today, right? Gideontif to the trees. But it's again, it's a technical halacha because Rosh Hashanah for Ilanos has to do with the halacha of, uh, of Maeser. Meaning, just explain it for a second. Meaning that that on Tubishvat, that is the the uh, it's like a demarcation point, the checkpoint for what we consider a year of agave trees. There's a halacha by Meister that if you have a fruit, you're not allowed to take Meister from one fruit or another fruit if they're from different years. They you have to take from one fruit to another fruit that are in one year. So uh, starting today, it's a new year for the trees. You can no longer start taking Meiser from fruit here on out and connecting it to Meiser from yesterday. It's a whole new year. It's a, and that's a very technical halacha. And <clears throat> the, uh, the interesting um, thing in halacha comes out when we see that there's no tachanun. There's no tachanun today. Right? You're also not allowed. Uh, you're not allowed to fast. You're not allowed to do a tainus. Also, issues with hasbedim. So, the halacha comes out in that sense that that it seems like there is some sort of remez to a type of yontif, to something more than just a technical dry halacha of trumas and maestros for the rosh hashanah for the tree. And uh, I would like to. Don't, I'm not. I don't plan on doing any lumdas here. No tremendous chidushim. I want to bring out an aspect of a Tubishvat that I feel is very appropriate. Um, you know, having in mind that today is Avramir Levi's yard site um, and, and the connection. So what is this? What is this idea that we're not saying Tachanun today? So if you look, if you look why Tubishvat was chosen as a Rosh Hashanah for the trees, for the Ilanos, Look at the Gemara Rosh Hashanah Daf Yud Dei Dalad Amar Aleph, towards the bottom of the Amud. It says, "My time." The Gemara wants to know why is it, why is it that the Rosh Hashanah for the trees are koveyad on Tubishvat? Why is it Tubishvat? Says Rabbi Elazar, "I'm Rabbi Elazar, I'm Rabbi Oishia." Hol v'yotzer roiv gishme shana, because today, interesting. Meteorological fact: Apparently, on Tubishvat, now the majority of the rain that we're going to get for the year has already occurred. We've already got most of the rain that's going to happen this year during the winter season. Says Rashi. Says Rashi. Well, so what? 
who cares? What just because we've had most of the rain already? Why does that mean that? Oh, okay, fine. So today's Rosh Hashanah for the trees. What is the connection? Says Rashi, hasraf because today the sap in the trees have already gone up. They've already began coursing through the veins of the trees. And it comes out, what we find is that the fruit, the peros, they start to bud and flower starting from today. Starting from today. In other words, Herbosa, I want to translate that into my own words and paraphrase. I'm not the only one who says this, that today, even though you don't see fruits on the trees, you don't see it. Nevertheless, in koach, in potential, the halacha looks at the trees today. Chazal, look at the trees today. The Torah looks at all of the trees today and sees fruit. Not real. They're not there yet, but in potential. We look at the trees and, oh, the makings of the peros are there. It has begun. Oh, it's not there yet. It doesn't matter. We've began. We're on our way. We're on our way. And that's the reason to kovei ah, today is Rosh Hashanah for the tree. No tachanun, right? You're not allowed to fast. Today is a, a type of simchon. And in fact, there's a medrash that says that it also talks about tuba'av, but tubishvat, la'asid lavo is going to be a yontif, a proper yontif. Derek Agav, as a, as a footnote, it's interesting to see that... Um, that this idea that we're discussing now, that Tubishvat is going to be a Yantiv Lasid Lavo. And the idea of Tubishvat is that the sap is coursing through the veins of the tree, and that's the, the idea of the fruit in potential. The potential of the fruit is there. It's very much tied to the idea of uh, that Lasid Lavo, what we now have in potential, is going to be brought out into the Koach. What I mean to say is this, that there's actually a machlokis between Be'i Shammai and Be'i Hillel when the Rosh Hashanah for Ilanos are. According to Be'i Shammai, it's the first of Shvat, it's Rosh Chodesh Shvat. According to Be'i Hillel, it's, it's Tesvav, Tubi Shvat. Right? Uh, another idea they bring about Tubi Shvat is that, that tonight, if you look in the sky, in the middle of the month, the, fu- the, the moon is in its fullest. You're going to be a full moon. So even though it's true, we're talking about potential, and there's sap in the trees, it's still... There's a little bit of sap, and, and something something has already begun. It's not it's not pure potential. It's potential that has started. There's sap going on. It's not just uh, that there's nothing happening. There's still something happening. As opposed to Beishamai, who says that we start by Rosh Chodesh Shvat, before the sap even starts, he's talking about pure potential. And there's a Chidah that brings an Ariza, that Allah said, love, that Allah is going to be like Beishamai, where... The Chaura, the Yantif that we're going to do of Tubishvat is really going to be Rosh Chodeshvat. Because the idea is that Lasid Lavo, whatever the potential is that, that we have now, which comes from really, when we talk about potential, what we're really talking about is, is the Shoresh of where we come from, our Neshama, the highest form of ourselves, or the Neshamas that Akhish Baruch Hu gave us. That is our potential. That is who we can be. Right, as Chaim uh, Balazner explained in Nefesh Chaim, right, that that our whole goal here is to uh, is to through the Gashmis world uh, clean ourselves up and let our neshamas shine through. That is our potential. So Lasid uh, Lavo, 
Right? The halacha is going to be like Beishamai, where we care about full, you know, full potential without any, without any sap necessary, just pure neshama. That's going to be uh, the halacha. Then you know, two will be echad bishvat, and that's going to be realized in the world of Asid Lavo when our full neshama is in its fullest expression. That's also an idea that we see tied to Tubishvat. This is, an, this is a, a yontif about potential. And what we're saying, right, that ends the, the footnote. A little bit complicated, but fine. Coming back to the main idea, it's like this. <clears throat> the reason why we're not seeing Tachnon today, the, the Mitzvah Yontif, is, uh, in my eyes, I want to say it like this. This is the, the Musar Haskell. We have a chance right now to appreciate and give hoda, and here's Shabbos Shira, right? To give a type of Shira Takarid Baruch Hu, for creating a world where we can look at a tree and we don't see anything on the tree, but we know that there's sap coursing through its veins, and that sap has potential to make fruit, and that's enough for us to, to be besimcha. We look at that and say, yeah, something is happening. And you know what? That's a reason to celebrate. The fact that we are living a world like that, Rabosai, where we can actually appreciate something like that, where Kodesh Baruch made a world that the potential actually means something is a cause for simcha. It could very well have been that Kodesh Baruch would not have created a world like that. It could have been that all the Kodesh Baruch cares about is, no, show me results, right? Like, uh, like every company, right? Every company doesn't care, you know, that you have a CEO. Right? If you're not performing in the company, you're out. The fact that you want to and you're trying and he doesn't care. He doesn't care what you're thinking, what you're feeling, that you're trying. You might be working harder than the other guy. You know what? If you don't show results and he does, you're out. Because Baruch said that that's not the world we live in. That's not the world we live in. We're, look, we're looking inside. Today is an inside kind of yandav. We're looking at the sap and saying that's a cause for celebration. And Badafka now in, during the winter time. You know, when, uh, especially with COVID, especially with COVID now, that makes things so difficult. And everyone's in bidud. It's, uh, it's very hard to uh, look at anything now and get excited that, hey, maybe this is the beginning of something. Maybe this can actually turn into something positive. Maybe there's something happening now that is going to be a source of tremendous growth. It's very hard. It is very difficult. But what is Tubishvat is teaching us is exactly that. Is that something is happening now. There is sap. And uh, as we know that the Adam Nimshal eats, or Nimshal Twin eats in the Torah, that just like the trees, you know, Derek Marshall have the sap, so to us, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. We've had now a winter's man that has not been easy. It hasn't been. And for many different reasons, you know, and for the families, of course, you know, for sure with all the kids home, and, you know, Parnassa issues, and, and there's so much difficulty going on. But Tu tells us, you know what, let's, let's take a breath for a second and look at what it comes Look at this, you know, meditation, if you will, this, this thought experiment that Kaj is teaching us. Look at a tree, look at the tree and see that there's nothing on it. It could even look dead. There could be nothing going on. And the Torah looks at it and says, celebrate. Why? Because there is something happening. You might not be able to see it, but it's there. And Rabosa, we have to look also at ourselves and see the same thing. 
It's hard to see now where HaKadosh Baruch Hu is taking us, why he did this and what he's trying to develop in us. But you know what? Something is happening. There's something going on inside. It is happening. You might not see the fruit yet, but it's coming. And recognize that. That's the important point over here. You must recognize that something is happening, even though it's hard to see. This, as, as usually is the case, is really a, uh, what we're talking about is a perspective, right? A paradigm shift, if you will. You know, it's, quoted, I quoted him last time because he's on my mind because I'm reading one of his books, right? Victor Frankl, um, uh, who was a uh, psychotherapist, right? From Vienna, he was in um, the death camps during the, uh, during the war, right? During the Holocaust. And uh, he says something that I, that I see the Torah places a big emphasis on. Many Gemara's and Gemara's brachos, for sure, other places. He discussed how, you know, in the camps, he noticed that you could find uh, people who uh, had lost absolutely everything. They had nothing, nothing, not even food. And uh, they had no, uh, they had lost all meaning in life. And then you have other people that are in the same exact position and they were doing okay. They were doing okay psychologically, mentally, and not physically, but they were they were intact as a human being. And what he discovered was the difference is was that the people who actually were able to successfully maintain their their humanity in the camps, the reason why is because they understood that control over their perspective is what makes a person fundamentally human. Meaning that when uh, when we find ourselves in difficult situations, we don't have to be, that's an extreme, you know, being in a camp. But the idea is MS. So when we find ourselves in any situation, and for sure in difficult situations, the ability to say that I'm still in control of how I choose to uh, relate to this. I'm going to, I still have the power to choose my attitude. That is something that nobody can ever take from you, ever. That is, no matter what they do to your body, to yourself, your choice as to how I'm going to look at this, number one, or both say it's a choice. It's a choice that when Hashem puts us in a situation that it's we don't automatically just react, right? There is a natural reaction, but that's not that's not going to be the be-all and the end-all. But I get to choose how I'm looking at this. That is fundamentally what makes us Adam. Right, the, the language of Chazal, they talk about being mechabli, serum ba'ava, and these things, whatever the Lashna Chazal is, but the, the idea is, that's the idea. So how does this relate to Rabbi Avamir Levi? This is, uh, for me, it was Pashat. It was, it was obvious. I don't, I don't know if I want to say the word Zoha, but I think it makes sense. I think anyone who is Zoha to, to, uh, to see Rabbi Avramer towards the end of his too short of life saw a, a, a person who uh, who not only who not only endured the situation that that Hakadosh Baruch Hu put him in, but he decided to to be the highest level human being possible. He took a situation 
and he made a decision. And, and in my mind, I, it's, it must have been a continual decision because I didn't really know it was not easy for him towards the end. I remember going to the hospital and it was um, not the time or place, but it wasn't, uh, he had cancer and it wasn't easy. And he was trying all the time to see uh, the sap in the trees to take the situation and decide I know that you're putting me in a difficult situation I am choosing to, to look at this the way the Torah wants me to look at it to see the potential that is latent within this situation and therefore also within every person and that is why Rabosai in my mind it was the same media that we saw in him for years beforehand it's it's no uh, for me it's Dara Pasha that the avoda that he was doing in the base medrash to everyone that care that encouragement that he gave other people the concern that he had for other people because he knew and he understood this idea of potential that every person no matter who they are no matter where they are there is sap in that tree there's a potential there that you can't imagine where this person is going to go and the effect that you're going to have on him and therefore his family and his wife and his children and therefore, his grandchildren, the Dore Doros, you can't imagine the effect you have when you're kind to someone and you're encouraging, when you're sincere with them. And people feel that. They know when you're being sincere. When you seriously, for real, care about someone else, want the best for them, and you come up to them and say, is there anything you need? Are you doing okay? When Avramir Levy asked me that question, <laughs> I knew that he meant it. I knew. Other people, okay, we can talk about it. But Aramir, it was, you knew that he meant what he said when he asked you, how are you doing? Is there anything I can do for you? This is the Nakuda, because a person who understands that there's sap in the tree, that there's potential in everybody, that's what it's going to look like. So, of course, when Akash Baruch Hu gave him the ultimate test of his life, it's... Uh, there was the higher level test of the same Nakuda, of the same point, which was, okay, let's see, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's see the potential. And he saw the potential, Rabosai. This is what Tubishvat is teaching us. This is what we learned from Rabbi Avramir Levi. And like I said, it's no coincidence that for someone who, uh, who had such a tremendous middle of being able to see that potential, his yard site, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, took him to the Olam Ames on this day where we're taught by the Torah. It looked dead outside. The trees look dead. But you know what? That's not what we see. That's not what we see. We see the potential. And therefore, for ourselves, and this obviously is always a point of Mr. Haskell, we must learn from Ave Avamir Levi. And in the of that learning, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, give him an Elias Neshama. Right? No doubt that's how it works. We learn from him. We try and uh, gain some, some uh, we, 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 we learn. We learn from his actions, from his midos. Kosh Baruch will will mezake him. And for ourselves, also, we look at Tubishvat and we say, oh, there's potential here. Especially now during this COVID difficult time when everything is shut down and dead, it is more important now than ever to take control of our perspective. Not just to be reactive, but to take control of it and say, Baruch Hu, I want to choose as to how I'm seeing the world, as to how I'm feeling, and allow Tubishvat now to give us uh, uh, its own Musar Shmuz, 
and say, this is how you're supposed to be looking. This is how. There's potential all around us and in ourselves also. We're going to see the perils. They're coming. They're coming, no doubt. That's that's the idea that I wanted to share with you. Kodesh Baruch Hu should give an Elias Neshama Bezaz Hashem and his chus of the, you know, some of the limud that we did just now. And should mezaka Avraham Meir Ben Chaim Halevi. And we should go Mechal Echah. Rabosa, have a good day. Thank you very much. Have a good Shabbos. Yes, Shukrach. Beautiful. Shabbos.